At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying his word together. In a culture growing in hostility, it's clear how far we are from what the kingdom of God should look like. As followers of Christ, it can be difficult to stand firm in what we are taught and what we believe in. It's easy to let idols slip into our lives without us even realizing it, especially when the world we live in puts people on a pedestal. In our new series, Daniel, The Clash of Cultures, we'll be looking at the life of Daniel and how even then Daniel had to navigate a culture who opposed God. We'll discover how we can put our trust in God regardless of our circumstances and how God is sovereign overall. Join us this new year as we study the life of Daniel and learn how to apply the truths inside this book to our own lives. for this week's sermon, I began with prayer. And then I went to Bible reading, did some research, returned to prayer. You might say, well, isn't that how a pastor always prepares for a message? Well, it is. All those things are included, however you prepare. But this is a little bit different because I'm wrestling today with the reality of trying to present an Old Testament story that everyone here has heard of. How do you say something interesting or intriguing or fresh? Do you tell the story sort of, work around it, and kind of wait until the end, until you get your point in there? find some intriguing angle, perhaps. Or do you just jump right in? What do you do when you come to a passage like Daniel 6 that most of us have been reading in our children's Bibles and in our teen Bibles and in our adult Bibles for most of our lives? Well, the answer that I came up with, the one that God led me to this week, is to set a trajectory for our morning. We're going to seek to understand the primary and central point of Daniel chapter 6. As we read this popular story, Daniel in the lion's den, I want you to be mindful of one central truth, one primary word. Are you guys ready? That's not nearly good enough. Are you guys ready? One central word, and it is faithfulness. That's it. Faithfulness. Now, I want you to say that with me before we move on. The central word for today is faithfulness. Now, while the images in our children's Bibles are indeed powerful, as we read the story itself, it has some wild twists and turns. If we're honest, it can be even a little bit difficult to wrap our mind around. There's a jealous government and some government officials who are, who are unhappy. We have an anxious king. We have a sealed cave. We have 
hungry lions. And at the end of the day, what it comes down to is we have a man of faith. What happens when we put all of those things together? We're going to find out in just a minute. Let's pray. Gracious God, you have invited us here to worship you today. You have called us, you have summoned us to gather as your people to worship you. And so God, we do that with our voices, we do that with our minds, we do that with our hearts. We come into this place today and lay it down before you and ask that your Holy Spirit would move in our hearts and our minds and that it might be lived out through our hands and our feet. God, you are holy. You are worthy of everything we just proclaimed a moment ago. And you are worthy of our time and of our attention in these next few moments as we turn to your word, God, because your word is truth. God, as people of faith, we stand upon this truth. So for it to guide our path in the week ahead, we need you to give us eyes to see this truth. God, we need ears to hear this truth today, and we need humble, genuine hearts open to your work in us and through us. So would you empower us with your Holy Spirit to see clearly your word today and to live it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, each of the past five Sundays... We have turned to the Old Testament book of Daniel to learn about God's sovereign rule, his sovereign reign, and what that looks like for someone to be a faithful follower amidst cultural circumstances that are in chaos. We've done that each of the past few weeks, and we're going to continue that trend today in a very dramatic way. So let's grab our Bibles and begin one of the most familiar stories in all of Scripture. Now, it is found in Daniel chapter 6, and we are going to work our way through the narrative as we have done throughout our series. We're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 6, and I want you to look there with me on verse 1. You will find Daniel chapter 6 on page 743 in our ESV Bibles. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom... 120 satraps to be throughout the whole kingdom, and over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one, to whom these satraps should give account, so that the king might suffer no loss. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And then the high officials and the satraps sought to find ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom. But they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful. And no error or fault was found in him. 
And then these men said, we shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. And these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king. And they said to him, O King Darius, live forever. And all the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and satraps, the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, Then these high officials and satraps came by agreement to the king and said to him, O King Darius, live forever. There we go. All the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors, are agreed that the king should establish an ordinance to enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the injunction and sign the document so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. And therefore, King Darius signed the document and the injunction. That's where we're going to stop. Apparently, I needed to stop. Following the death of the Babylonian leader named Belshazzar, we read about his demise last week, a new kingdom has, in fact, been established. And Darius the Mede is now the leader of this empire. And what Darius has done is he has established a kind of a new form of, of leadership across the land. He installs religious, or I should say regional leaders, and these people are known as satraps. Now for our purposes, it might be helpful for you and I, as people living in the United States, to consider these people as governors. Kind of they govern their particular region. And over these satraps were three chief officials to affirm one thing, and that is detailed in verse 2, that the king, that he might suffer no loss. It's very clear. And due in part because of his high level of integrity, Daniel has a long history of faithful service. He is a man of integrity. Daniel has chosen to be one of those overseers. Listen once again to how he is described in verse 3. He has an excellent spirit. But as time unfolds, a man of integrity like that makes people jealous. Daniel was a faithful leader in Darius' kingdom. But the other governors were not real happy about that because Darius said he wanted to raise him up even higher. He wanted him to have the number two position in all the land, and so jealousy sets in. Why would they be jealous? Look again at verse 4. He was faithful. No error or fault was found in him. You see, Daniel's spirit-led actions highlight for us the first of four things that happen to God's people when we practice faithfulness. 
our faithfulness exposes cultural opposition. Godly faithfulness does, in fact, lead to cultural opposition. Now, like Daniel's fellow rulers in the early days of the Persian Empire here, those who oppose the truth don't really care much about faithfulness. They're not all that impressed by faithfulness. We see this as Daniel's fellow leaders trick King Darius and set a trap for Daniel. That happens then, and when we fast forward to today, we see this kind of opposition in opposing God's truth throughout our world, don't we? As you're looking at the news or reading an article about what's happening in our world, it seems that everything except biblical truth is actually culturally acceptable. You're exaggerating that point. That's not really true. According to Global Christian Relief, an agency that is committed to serving the persecuted church, the persecution of believers has risen on every continent since 2014 and has continued to rise sharply. Every continent. Cultural opposition to the ways of God has been going on for a very long time, and most certainly it continues today. And so what this means for those of us who profess Jesus as Lord, as we live and strive to live lives of faith in a post-Christian culture, is to be the sort of people that Paul writes about in the New Testament. He says believers and Christian leaders should be above reproach. Does that mean we're supposed to be perfect? No, it doesn't. But what it does mean is that we should live in such a way that no one suspects us of doing evil and practicing immorality. No one expects that of us. No one would even think that that would come from our lives. You see, as Daniel's life models for us, God calls the believer to a life of faithfulness. Now let's return to our text. Pick it up the story at verses in verses 10 and 11. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house, where he had windows in his upper chamber that were open towards Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed, and he gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. Then these men came by agreement and found Daniel making a petition and a plea before his God. Whitelake family, what we just read might be the most helpful and significant point in the whole story. That little passage right there might be the most significant point in the story because his fellow leaders have set him up and the king has fallen for it. But what does he do? He doesn't worry. 
He doesn't fret. He doesn't plot. He doesn't scheme. David prays. He always prays. He gave thanks before his God as he had done previously. Daniel always prays. Throughout our series, we have regularly witnessed Daniel practicing spiritual disciplines. And here, in the face of incredible punishment, Daniel remains faithful in his dependence upon God. He seeks the face of the Almighty. And this helps us see that faithfulness cultivates uncompromising character in the lives of people who believe. Faithfulness builds godly, uncompromising character. In the face of adversity, Daniel would not bow down to another. He would not worship another. He would not give up. But instead, he remained faithful to his God. Theologian James Montgomery Boyce captures Daniel's posture best. He said, the outside world may have been changing But God had not changed. And Daniel was not going to allow his relationship to God change regardless of the shifting circumstances. You see, the foundation of Daniel's righteous rebellion, and that is what we're reading about. The foundation was not established in this moment. You see, what scholars believe is at this point in his life, Daniel is probably about 80 years old, and he has practiced these holy habits throughout his life. And so what he provides is this cultural rebellion of godliness. And I want you to know it did not just happen in that moment. He didn't go to the window and pray loudly so others could hear. No, he practiced what he had practiced throughout his life. It was years and years and years of faithfulness. I want to say something to you that I don't know that you'll hear in many church environments. Living as a person of faith is Walking in faith in opposition to the culture, to cultural pressures, is difficult. Standing up to persecution, whether it is big or small, is not easy. And yet that's what we're called to. This is why I love the title of a book on discipleship written many years ago by a man named Eugene Peterson. The title of the book, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. I love it because that's exactly what the Christian life really is. It's a long journey. It's a long journey of obedience to the Word of God and to walking consistently in His ways. It's a long obedience. You see, first, the journey begins when we come to Jesus Christ. 
When you and I come before our God and we repent of our sin and we believe upon Jesus, we place our faith in Him. And in doing so, what we receive is we receive love, we receive God's grace, we receive His mercy, we receive His forgiveness. Those things are amazing. That's why when you see a new believer, usually they're a glow because they've not experienced that kind of love and grace before. But the journey is long. That's why we must practice consistently the spiritual disciplines of gathering for worship. Maybe I don't tell you this enough. I'm glad that you're here. God's people gathering for worship together matters. And so does prayer. Prayer matters. Because it's a humble posture before a holy and righteous God. It says, God, I need you. And immersing ourselves into God's word. You put those three things together in a faithful, consistent rhythm. And what happens as we grow in our faith, our journey is strengthened. But make no mistake, it is a journey. And it calls us to obedience. And it is one that takes faithfulness. As your pastor, that is my desire for you. This sort of long, consistent, faithfulness that ultimately cultivates uncompromising Christ-like character. Now, let's return to our text. Pick it up at verse 12. And then they came near and said before the king concerning the injunction, O king, Did you not sign an injunction that anyone who makes a petition to any god or man within 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing stands fast according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be revoked. And then they answered and said before the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, O king, or the injunction that you have signed, but makes his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was much distressed. And he set his mind to deliver Daniel, and he labored till the sun went down to rescue him. Then these men came by agreement to the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is a law of the Medes and of the Persians that no injunction or ordinance that the king establishes can be changed. And then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. And the king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid in the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. And the king went to his palace. And he spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him. And sleep fled from him. 
See, Daniel has disobeyed King Darius' edict. He's done so in order to be faithful to Almighty God, and now there is a price to pay. He's been overheard praying. And so the king reluctantly sends Daniel into the den of lions. Now what scholars will tell us about this is that it is a, in a den or a pit, and it typically had a very small opening. And over that opening, they would seal it. It would be a cylinder-type seal, complete with a signet ring to confirm that it was sealed and closed. And then as we read the story, curiously, the king hoped for Daniel's well-being. Look at verse 16 one more time. May your God, whom you serve, continually deliver you. And that's exactly what Almighty God did. Let's pick up the story again at verse 19. Then, the break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to deliver you from the lions? And Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. And the king was exceedingly glad, and he commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. And so Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him, because he had trusted in his God. The king commanded that those men who had maliciously accused Daniel were brought and cast into the den of lions. They, their children, and their wives. And before they reached the bottom of the den, the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces. Daniel has been delivered. A true miracle has happened. God has saved Daniel from sure death. Church, there's one line in the story that we should not overlook as we rejoice in Daniel's being saved. It is verse 23. No kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. See, Daniel faithfully trusted in the Lord. And the Lord delivered him. He delivered him. And this helps us see the third thing that happens when God's people, when we walk in faithfulness. Godly faithfulness does in fact reveal divine deliverance. God provides deliverance for his people. Now while I don't believe there are any lion's dens for us to be delivered from here in White Lake, I haven't seen any. If you have, let me know. But I don't believe we have. And yet, every single one of us in this room has a similar need to be delivered. 
thankfully, God sent his son, Jesus the Christ, to deliver all who would believe from the penalty of sin and of death and eternity apart from him. God sent his son. That's why Jesus entered our world and faced something far more significant than lions. He took the wrath of God upon himself. Far more significant than Daniel's deliverance from lions, Jesus emerged from a sealed tomb. And when he did, he defeated death. And in doing so, he gives men and women and children a true and a real hope of deliverance. Do you know this Jesus? It is only through Him that God delivers. Only those who have faith in Jesus Christ. That is who God delivers. Those who trust in Him. Now church, let's look at the final segment of our text. Close it out with verse 25. And then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied to you. He said, I make a decree that in all my royal dominion people are to tremble and to fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. He endures forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end delivers and rescues. He works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth. He who has saved Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Quick summary. King Darius is blown away by the power of Almighty God. He's blown away. In fact, he is so moved by what he has witnessed that he sends out a global transmission throughout his kingdom. Look at verse 26 again. He says, I, I make a decree that in all my royal dominion, all the areas where I rule and reign, people are to tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he, he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom shall never be destroyed, and his dominion shall be to the end. You see, Daniel's faithfulness has led the king to encourage others to depend and trust upon Daniel's God, Yahweh. And this action helps us see that faithfulness, godly faithfulness sparks spiritual awakening. The faithfulness of God's people stirs the hearts of men. When God and His sovereignty are on display through the lives of His chosen people, God is the one who receives the glory. When the world sees, when the world hears, 
comes when the world experiences the faithfulness of God's people, the faithfulness of His church. God uses it to draw others to Himself. Now here's the truth. You already know that. That's why you're here. Every single person here today is here because you've seen or you've heard the faith lived out in front of you in a powerful and significant way. Somewhere. For me, that was three guys in my high school, college years. Dave, Rich, and Paul. Their faithfulness, God used to stir in my heart and to ultimately bring him glory. Now here's the deal. You might not know Dave and Rich and Paul, but you have names on your faith journey, don't you? People whose lives were so faithful and so godly that God used their faithful witness to draw you to himself. Wait, Lake family, throughout this Daniel series, we have seen what it's like to live and even thrive in a culture that is at odds with the ways of God. We have seen and heard throughout the series the importance of humble dependence upon a sovereign God. And that's the same thing that God is calling you and me to be today midst of a culture that is in chaos. God is calling his people to one word, faithfulness. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.